Hi, this is Beth AQ, and this is the podcast of The Glass House, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R each Wednesday. The Glass House is a space for spoken word artists, poets, sound makers, audio storytellers, emerging cultural leaders, thinkers, writers, and anyone who celebrates story as a means of self-expression, self-representation, and community building. I hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via Twitter at BethanyAQ or the Triple R website. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened and arisen. There is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, Fat, vowed or celibate, we rise. <laughs> afternoon you are listening to the glass house right here on triple r beth aq with you for the next hour bringing you a show all about stories and the histories and contexts in which they're told i acknowledge that we broadcast on stolen unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the kulin nation here at triple r in brunswick east i acknowledge elders both past and present and acknowledge the ongoing injustice caused by colonisation. It always was and it always will be Aboriginal land. Coming up on the show today, very soon, I'm going to be joined by Bo Spearman, the creator of a new podcast called Frontier War Stories. And he joins to speak all about this project and its importance in shining a light on the history of early colonisation and with a particular focus on the frontier wars, which took place from around 1788 to the 1930s, so roughly 140 years. And the podcast really documents the resistance of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across this continent. And a little bit later on in the program, I'm going to be joined by writer activist and programmer of the Festival of Jewish Arts and Music, Nevo Zasin. They're going to be joining to talk about an event that is happening tomorrow night. It's called Spun Stories. It is free and it's happening over Zoom. So if you're looking for something to tune into, it's definitely one to check out. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener-supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. 
Frontier War Stories is a new podcast dedicated to truth-telling about a side of this country's history that is often left out of history books, with a particular focus on the wars which took place from 1788 until the 1930s. This podcast documents the resistance of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and communities right across this country. Gamilla Ray Kuma and Murrawari Man, radio host, podcaster and creator of Frontier War Stories podcast, Bo Spearman, joins me now to tell us a little bit more about it. Bo, thank you so much for your time. That's all good. Thanks uh, for, yeah, yeah, for giving me the opportunity to um, have you on about the podcast. It's uh, it's a great pleasure to to have you on board. I've really been enjoying uh, just listening to to all the episodes that you've got out so far. I, I suppose before we jump straight into the podcast, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey to podcasting because I know you do have a background in radio. Yeah, for sure, definitely. So I started in 2012 at uh, 4ZZZ, which is a community radio station here in Brisbane, um, and before I was involved in radio, I got involved in activism uh, through the uh, Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy, which was set up in Musgrave Park in 2012. Um, so I started hanging out there quite a bit, uh, so most of my time was, and um, you know, media would always come uh, for interviews and for stories. Um, and then a sister girl by the name of Christy McMahon, um, who was hosting the DigiBiz program at the time on Fortune Z, she kept coming, and she kept, and she thought it would be good to sort of get like a, a male perspective, a young male perspective, uh, on the program as well. Yeah. So she invited me down, and um, I was on there for a couple of weeks. And she goes, "Oh, you know, I actually uh, work and do some stuff at 98.9 FM. Uh, you should come down." Um, and do your certificate three in broadcast and media. So, you know, from away, you can panel um, and you, you, you can pretty much do the show uh, without me being there. So I said, yeah, for sure, cool. So I came down to 98.9 FM um, and, yeah, I, I signed up. Um, I was eligible. I signed up uh, to do uh, my... Um, my um my my uh, certificate three I, I believe was in yeah, in film uh, and radio um, and so that was like it's roughly like a twelve month uh, course and halfway through that or maybe just, it's maybe just halfway over, just a bit over halfway is um I got offered a twelve month traineeship so I did a twelve month traineeship and then after that I got some full time employment um, and I was working till about two thousand and fifteen. And I left. And when I came back in 2000 and well, late 17, I want to say the second half of 2017, um, I got fired from another job, uh, which was kind of cool because the job um, it, it was in, it was employment, um, and. Um, and it was for Aboriginal people only, and um, they were looking after, um, you know, they're, they're doing things um, that was like that I didn't believe in, um, well, I guess culturally, but then also politically as well. Um, so eventually, I fired, which was sort of um, a good thing. Um, and then I came back to the station, yeah. And so that's sort of my journey in radio. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I wasn't doing radio, I was still sort of involved. You know, like, like, sorry, like when I wasn't working within radio, I was still sort of, you know, involved in radio or in, like in media, in one way um, or another as well. So, mm. um, 
Yes, yeah, so that's, that's that's how I got involved in radio was through Fortune Z, which is which, which is ironic too because that's how uh, 99FM started. You know, um, was a one-hour program called the Murray Hour uh, on Fortune Z, and then it grew so much that it needed sort of its own platform and own sort of station. And then you know later on, 20, 26, 27 years later, um, you know we're still here as a as a sort of own station as well. That's so awesome. I didn't know that. That's really, really interesting. Mm. And I'd love to, I suppose, know more about how you got into podcasting because I think, you know, as you said, radio and that those kind of interviewing skills, it's just like such a good foundation for creating this, you know, amazing body of work that you've just um, started creating. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, I suppose, the shift for you into into podcasting? Definitely, for sure. Um, well, I guess even before I tell that, you know, in 2013, I received uh, this awesome comic book called 500 Years of Resistance by Gord Hill. Uh, he's a native brother from 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 Turtle Island, from Canada, um, and and it's this um, it's this comic book that looks at the history of resistance. This is where you know my my inspiration for the podcast came from. Um, was uh, so it was 500 years of resistance. So from 1492 when Columbus you know sailed and and, and was founded by you know indigenous folks uh, in sort of South America off off the mainland, I believe it was. Um, you know, and then it sort of goes from there. It goes up to about as, as early as like 1992, I want to say, uh, when there was sort of conflict and resistance. Um, you know, against police and sort of, you know, the colonial government uh, in Canada and the times so, of, you know, South America, the United States and also Canada, you know, it's this awesome comic book, you know, each each sort of section focuses maybe two, three pages at the most sort of on different eras and on different times um, as well. So, like, my mind was blown because I was like, damn, you know, like, we need something like this as well. Um, you know, and I was doing radio at the time, but I never really thought, of doing it as a podcast. So podcast was 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 around then, but it wasn't as big as it is now. <clears throat> and also, I wasn't as confident um, in myself uh, one to do a radio show. But just in, just in general, I was you know, young in my early twenties as well. So you know, still trying to find my feet, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I still am now. Um, but yeah, it was um, that's where the inspiration for this to come, and then. Um, but podcasting was never really thing that I was into until I started like um, I guess branching outside of radio um, and looking at sort of other medium platforms. <clears throat> um, um, that sort of in, that, yeah, that sort of drew my interest in my political interest and stuff as well. Um, so that, that like that really sort of got me into podcasting, and then. In about 2019 was when I was like, um, was when yeah, you know, I, I did a um, a uh, boot camp with Spotify, um, and then I like the boot camp and like my proposal was sort of a podcast based around uh, our frontier wars as well. So um, that was a really cool opportunity uh, to sort of you know be with industry people. Who are in radio, like who are in sort of different forms of media, but then also do uh, podcasting as well. So it was really, really interesting to 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 um, to be with um, one to be with sort of different black folks in that sort of media platform that are sort of using their um, um, their skill 
films and then sort of turning into a podcast as well. So that was, you know, um, and then also like while I was, you know, doing radio and activism, um, you know, like later on, you know, I sort of found that, hey, I can merge these two things together mm-hmm. you know, and create like something that, you know, I love, you know, and, and you know, history is, is an amazing part of, of our lives. Um, and it's a very informative part of our lives. You know, history tells us about the relationships that we have uh, with people, you know, um, and the history of this country, you know, um, really sort of tells us about how it really informs us of the relationship that we have uh, with non-Aboriginal people within this country, even Aboriginal people who, who come to this country as um as migrants or sort of even as uh, new arrivals that don't necessarily understand the history mm. of this country uh, as well. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, really, it's really important because it's very informative uh, um, on understanding, you know, um, how, you know, certain peoples in the society got to the positions where they are or certain organisations and, and, you know, institutions, you know, off the back of sort of, you know, Aboriginal labour or, 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 or other means as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was like, and then it was sort of a way, you know, I was just trying to find, you know, um, how can I sort of do something that I, I'm passionate about in my life and then I've always loved history. Mm. If you have just joined us, uh, we are chatting with the creator of Frontier War Stories podcast, Bo Spearman. Bo, as you said, this podcast really gives, you know, the, the history gives a context to the relationship um, between Aboriginal people and settlers today through grounding it in, you know, these frontier war stories. I, I'm interested, I suppose, how much did you know uh, about these histories before starting the podcast and, and how much have you learnt? Because I personally have learnt so much through through listening. Same, same, like I've learnt so much um, just by interviewing the people that I know and, you know, um, I'm, I'm getting, you know, um, historians, researchers, um, artists, um, academics, um, who are sort of early on in their in their study uh, careers, or who have been painting, you know, frontier figures for over twenty years. Yeah, so, like, like, um, yeah, like a war. Um, I've, I've learned so much, you know. Um, originally, I thought, oh, you know, I can just do this about, you know, the figures that we have, you know, the the Pemway, Dandalie, and Jendavara, mm-hmm. Walia, um, you know, just all these. I was like, you know, I can just, you know, focus on these people. But yeah, you know, like there hasn't been an episode where I've actually focused solely on on an individual. It's just mainly been uh, the relationship how things started, how long the resistance was, um, what was happening, you know, to the landscape around it, you know, what was the tactics that Aboriginal people used, um, how did their tactics sort of develop and change pre-colonisation or through the 140 years as well, um, you know, yeah, you know, like, and, and then you can sort of look at the guests, like, you know, it's sort of a, a wide range from, you know, even like you know, um, museum curators, you know, I've spoken to as well, mm. um, which is which is amazing, and that's one of the things that I want to do. Is like, I just don't want to sort of speak to like uh, white historians, um, or yeah, middle class to old, you know, white historians. Um, I want to sort of branch out and have conversations with artists, you know, whether they're 
painters, whether they're musicians, whether, you know, I sort of broaden the discussion because I think, you know, outside of sort of these books that, that are recorded, like, you know, other people are sort of recording and keeping this history alive, you know, through whatever form of, uh, whatever sort of art form that they have, you know. Um, mm. and, these, and these people have done, you know, years of research, uh, and all I'm doing is just picking their brain for like at, you know, an hour at the most as well. So I'm very fortunate that when these people give me their times, their time, but then also, you know, they give me the opportunity to find out something new, whether it's, you know, um, using smoke signals as a form of resistance or using fire as a form of resistance or, you know, um, you know changing tactics, you know, um, being very... Um, and, and also, you know, I mean, how the British sort of, you know, they had to change their tactics to, uh, to, to, to fight uh, Aboriginal people as well. And, you know, the fighting pr practically began, you know, off the boat as well, you know, so, um, you know, it, it, it's pretty cool too because it came, it came around in a good time, you know, um, you know, like we recently heard the Prime Minister's comments a couple of weeks ago in regards to slavery, you know, um, you know this sort of period of time really laid the platform yeah, absolutely. You know, for that relationship for Aboriginal people to essentially be be slaves, you know, uh, to, to to sort of be at the whim of 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 these, um, you know, of, of sort of the early settlers and and then, you know, uh, the Australian sort of you know uh, context or, and, and and how, you know, um, as early as seventeen eighty eight, but then also you know the conflict. You know, one of the one of the podcasts that I have. I think it's episode eight or seven. I speak to um, a researcher. Oh, excuse me. That's you. Oh, sorry, just sneeze. Um, um, yeah, I speak to a researcher from Jambana. In that episode, we talk about how, um, you know, in 1933, you know, the Australian government was very open, not just about talking about it, but sending, you know, military, you know, uh, sorry, uh, weapons, you know, to Darwin to, you know, um, to to um, teach the blacks a lesson, you know, in what they in what they call in those times a punitive expedition, you know, so planning on massacring Aboriginal people, um, you know, in and around Arnhem Land and in, in, in Northern Territory, you know, so, and like this is in our grandparents' living memory, or our great-grandparents' living memory that, you know, it was, it was very, very open to, to, to sort of talk about these discussions. I'm not so imagine that, you know, a year or two before Coniston Mask happened, you know. Um, yeah, so, like, there's a wide range of things that I found out, you know, and also, like, you know, what I want to do is I want to talk to Aboriginal philosophers, you know, um, Aboriginal, you know, uh, mob, whether they're academics or not, but, you know, who have a sort of a really fine understanding of Aboriginal law, um and really, like, invite them on a podcast just to talk about um, Aboriginal ethics, you know, and, 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 you know, I'd love for my listeners and, and even previous guests to sort of listen how Aboriginal people conducted themselves um, pre-colonisation, but then also during uh, these times as well, uh, because, you know, the majority of times when Aboriginal people um, fought against um, um, settlers, you know, uh, they would... Uh, uh, you know, or, or even just looking at sort of the, the war tactics that Aboriginal people would use amongst themselves, and then also that um, how different 
Western sort of uh, the understanding of Western warfare is the sort of you know traditional indigenous uh, warfare. You know, like where you know we would meet at a sort of designated fighting ground, and there'll be going to be a safe spot, and you know you wouldn't fight to the death. You know, um, you know, like just all these sort of different things that you know uh, really sort of stand out to me. Um, and also, you know, uh, I guess to some listeners as well, like, like, yeah, I'm finding out things every week. Mm. Yeah, I, as, as you've kind of said, I, I think one of the strengths of it and something that I've really loved about it is getting the history told through the stories of, I suppose, different practitioners. You've got, you know, as you mm. said, the historians and researchers who might approach this history in a certain way. And then as you were talking about artists who have kind of interpreted the history, uh, you know, might have been through oral uh, storytelling and I think it's really interesting because it kind of creates a really full and nuanced picture of, um, you know, the histories of different parts of this country. And and something else I think is that you've done really well is, um, I suppose, exploring um, different pockets of, of this uh, this nation and, and looking at perhaps the similarities and, and differences across, you know, how coloni- early colonisation affected different parts of, um, of the country. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, even I just want to. Um, damn, I just had something on my mind, but I just totally forgot. But you know, um, it's amazing how. Um, <laughs> I guess like one of the, the the funny things like that seems to be popping up when I'm chatting to sort of different people is, um, you know, like, like one of the main tactics of sort of um, guerrilla warfare is. Um, your enemy not knowing who you are, what you look like, you know, or where you come from, essentially, you know what I mean, um, and how you will attack next. So, you know, we're talking about, you know, the first, essentially like the first, you know, 40 years in sort of different areas, um, you know, uh, or, or when colonies were set up and there was still frontier activity, you know, like these people, who, the Aboriginal people who were involved in these massacres, uh, sorry, in these um, frontier battles, you know, would, would likely be working... Um, you know, uh, for money or, or or to sort of barter, you know, uh, different sort of uh, things that they can use back, you know, back home. Or they'd be working just to sort of kill some time for the next ceremony or the next big meeting. You know, so, so like these mob, you know, like like that'd be way, but that'd be on the fringes or in the towns. You know, really understanding how um, the society works uh, as well. So you know, it wasn't just sort of you know like we'll meet these people in a certain area and just have it out, you know, whether we win or die. You know, it was really, it was really thought thought out, planned, you know, uh, resistance to Aboriginal people that, you know, does not get acknowledged um, as, you know, outside of sort of uh, the, the books and the art and, you know, what has been set up now to sort of record this history. You know, and they've said, you know, I guess that's one of the biggest sort of um, advantages that Aboriginal people have is that, you know, there wasn't sort of a description, a clear description on who, you know, this individual was, you know, so um, this really terrified and shook sort of, you know, uh, the outstation, the colonies, um, you know, um, the partial, whoever it was, you know, and wherever it was in these times as well. Um, you know, a, a really good, like, I guess if there is, two, you know, also like there's two guests that I'd love to talk to, obviously one is Henry Reynolds who's sort of been, you know, in this space for quite some time as well. Um but then also uh, Uncle Kev Carmody, him and his son uh, recently wrote a song called Maltagara, 
uh, and Maltagara, I talk about him in uh, episode five and also mentioned episode four with Libby Connors. Um, and he was a warrior uh, from the Darling Downs area um, and held like a very, very solid resistance. But um, Uncle Kevin, his son, wrote it for um, his son's class. He's, he's a teacher and they sort of wanted to tell history, but you know, make it in a way so where younger kids can sort of understand or or, or sort of enjoy, you know, learning about something mm. sort of instead of through a textbook textbook as well. So I'm very interested like just think expanding that sort of um, you know, my talent in terms of who I'm talking to and, and how, you know, I'm getting information as well. Mm. You know, um, and, and podcasting is is an amazing platform to do that too. You know, one you know, I guess one advantage for me uh, is, you know, reading and writing has always been sort of a difficult thing for myself. So, you know, what kind of platform can I create, you know, these discussions um, and have it sort of you know, give them as much as possible in a short amount of time, you know, when they can sort of listen to this at the most busiest time as well. So, you know, podcasting is definitely a platform for that as well. And, um, you know, it's been everybody I've spoken to on the podcast or even organising the next interviews, you know, they've, they've been very supportive um, of the podcast and coming on, but then also, you know, uh, the continued sort of um, sharing uh, of this history as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that accessibility of the, I suppose, oral storytelling that you're doing is really is really great. And, um, yeah, I think it, it makes... Uh, history which I think can can often be this something that's like quite hard to can be quite dense um it makes it really yeah. engaging and, and approachable so I think it is a really Definitely. good medium and, and if I can just say as well like yeah. what I think it does as well is it, it takes that narrative back on how history yeah. has been told on this land as well so for 250 years you know the way that uh um average people in this country have been spoken about has been very negative, but then also it's also been taken away and put in books, you know, which in some areas have been un, um, has have not been that accessible yeah. you know, to our people. So it, one, it's taking that narrative back, you know, and assuring people out there, whether they're in the Aboriginal community or not, uh, that you know, Aboriginal people, you know, didn't lay down and die. You know, they fought and continued to fight even beyond sort of. You know, this, you know, if they can, it continues today. But then also, you know, it's sort of telling it in that oral history, you know, which has sort of been one of the biggest uh, ways to sort of teach history and culture and language on this continent as well. So it's sort of, you know, I guess it's sort of decolonising history mm-hmm. in a way um, where we're sort of, you know, telling our history um, through our lens uh, uh, as well. Absolutely. And yeah, thank you so much for all the incredible work you're doing. It's been um, so informative for, for me to listen to. And I really urge anybody listening to uh, to, to go in and, and have a listen. We are talking about the Frontier War Stories podcast. Um, Bo, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. That's all good. Now, thanks for getting me on and, um, and, and having a chat as well. Uh, these are very important stories um, that... Um, yeah, that we're having as well, you know. Um, so, you know, you know, this history, you know, it's, it's not about just learning history. It's, it's, it's a, it's a sort of must, you know, learn history of this continent as well. So, now thanks for making some time to uh, get us on the on the podcast.
Absolutely. That is Bo Spearman, their creator of Frontier War Stories. And as he said, this is history that we really must know. Um, and it's a really great way to engage with it. He's created a really informative and educational and engaging podcast. So I really urge you to check it out. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, we have been talking about Frontier War Stories. You're listening to a Triple R podcast. Discover more podcasts from Triple R exploring science, technology, food, books, social issues, politics, and more. To listen, hit up the Triple R website or your favourite podcast platform. Excited to have my next guest joining me on the line. The Festival of Jewish Arts and Music aspires to create new forms of cultural celebration. They showcase international and Australian artists all through the broad lens of Jewish culture and identity. And tomorrow night, they are presenting an online storytelling slam called Spun Stories. And joining me to talk about it today is artist, writer, activist and programming assistant, Nevo Sassin. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Um, I thought maybe we could start by, if you can tell us a little bit about uh, the Festival of Jewish Arts and Music and and your involvement in in it. Yeah, sure. So originally I got involved with the festival as an artist in their in-person festival. Can you even imagine in these days? Um, So that was last year. And it was such a pleasure to be involved in something that was specifically Jewish, um, but that also was really embracing of my identity as a trans and queer person. I think that often those things are considered to be at odds with each other or in separate spaces. Um, And so I was part of a lineup that actually had four trans Jews, and I had never experienced that before. Uh, And it wasn't an explicitly queer event either. So I've been really excited to come on board as a programming assistant and to help out, to help create a more sort of diverse lineup and to work with the programming team to make sure that the voices that aren't always heard within our community are. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. And, uh, you know, as you said, the the physical iteration of this festival uh, is no longer like many things and has kind of had to recalibrate for this online audience. Can you tell me a little bit about, um, I suppose, what that's been like for you in thinking about programming for this festival or for these online series? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there are so many things to consider. I think one of the really important things that I've been thinking about a lot as a programming assistant is you know, who are the voices that we don't really hear very often, but also the voices that are most disadvantaged in this time and have lost probably the most work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's been a really big focus as much as obviously we want to hear about the art and culture and music. We also want to make sure that wealth is being redistributed as much as possible. And and when we do have the budget to pay artists that we are focusing on artists who would be the most disadvantaged. So of course, you know, First Nations artists and black folk and queer and trans individuals. And when we can weave kind of Jewish culture and music and art through those lenses as well, it's like even more um, nourishing, I think. And, And that really deeply intersectional experience that does of course exist in our community and all community. Yeah, absolutely. And this event um, for tomorrow night's Spun Stories is part of uh, an on- a virtual event series um, of Jewish music, arts, uh, uh, music and ideas. Um, it's called Homeward Bound. Can you tell us a little bit more about, I suppose, the ideas behind the, the series at large? 
Yeah, so basically how we've recalibrated in this time is by having uh, these monthly events called Homeward Bound that are all online and that we aim to have free and accessible for everyone. Um, so last month we did a pretty amazing program on um, Unorthodox, the Netflix series, uh, and explored it with the creator and with Abby Stein as well, who um, left a Hasidic Orthodox community in New York um, and transitioned and spoke a lot about her lived experience. We also had Dossie Ehrlich, um, who is from a Das uh, community in Melbourne and speaks out a lot about the, the pretty traumatic experiences that she had in that space. Mm. Um, so that event was a huge success. We had close to 2,000 people participating online. Trying to build on that as well, as well as like weekly artist to artist conversations between two artists via Instagram Live. So, really just trying to make things accessible and free for everyone, um, but still really embracing and focusing on art, music, and culture, which is what everyone is really um, so focused on right now in these times. You know, that's the, that's the thing that keeps us grounded, that keeps us connected, and that also allows us to escape our own realities a little bit. <laughs> yes, absolutely can relate to that. Um, I've read that this event is inspired by or kind of takes some cues from storytelling slams in the spirit of um, the original Knitting Factory um, on New York's Lower East Side and also uh, Much Love Podcast and Story Slam The Moth. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the concept behind Spun Stories? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, as a writer and a storyteller myself, I think that storytelling is really one of the ways that we can shape and change the world. I think it's incredibly impactful, and I think there's something about spoken word especially that just really at least resonates with me, and I think it's so amazing when someone can craft a narrative into, what, five to seven minutes that may move an audience. I think that there's a real artistry to that. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess thinking about that storytelling kind of framework, also similar to Queer Stories as well, which runs in Australia, um, and just really kind of thinking about what are the stories that are untold? You know, when we ask marginalised people in particular to relive elements of our trauma or of our experiences, it's often so crafted around the story that people want to hear or the most understandable or digestible or accessible stories. And so my idea around this event was to ask people to actually tell the stories that they want to tell, mm. that if they hadn't always been pigeonholed or put into this kind of category, what stories would they have told? What is the storytelling kind of artistry that they hold within them that they haven't been able to unleash before. And maybe it is about identity, maybe it is about social politics, but they are the, own author, they are the author of their own story and they are choosing how to craft that narrative, mm. maybe for the first time, really. Yeah, that autonomy is so, so important. Um, you've curated a real powerhouse lineup for tomorrow night. Can you tell us a little bit about who is going to be involved? Yeah, I am so beside myself with excitement. <laughs> we had we had a um, a tech run last night, and I had to just really play it cool. I mean, I didn't. I spoke in a very high octave, and I warned everyone I would. Um, so I I have to say that there's like a an element of. Um, huge fangirly that has come into this programming, also uh, of real trusted friends and colleagues and peers within the arts sector. Um, so, for example, the moderator, who is Elsa Stewart Rosenberg, is a really, really close friend and I would say activist partner of mine. Um, she is an 
just an unbelievable powerhouse in the anti-racism space. She does training for Democracy in Colour and is establishing her own business around that. She's also a real musical theatre nerd um, and loves performing in that space. And she's going to be the moderator, which is fantastic. We've got Marla Bird, who is has too many skills to even begin to list, um, performs often under the name Them Fatale and is a badass, non-binary, um, Jewish performer, aerialist, circus, neuroscientist, you name it, Mala has the skills for it. Um, Yasmin Abdelmajid, if you haven't heard that name within the Australian kind of cultural landscape in the last few years, I'm not really sure where you may have been. Um, she is an absolute icon talking about engineering and feminism and leadership through the lens of um, Muslim experience and identity. She is a fabulous storyteller, incredibly funny. Um, we have Eden Shepherd, who is a proud Wiradjuri woman and Noongar woman, um, who does a lot of activism in First Nations spaces um, and is a pretty outspoken kind of person who is going to speak, I think, about her experiences sailing, maybe? No, that was Yasmin. She, I, there's going to be a lot of like really light storytelling, which I think is also exciting to mm. just be able to tell silly stories too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so Edie's going to be doing that. Um, we've got Deborah Cheatham, who is, you know, one of maybe Australia's most famous opera singers and First Nations opera singers and um, she's going to be joining us as well on the lineup, which is really, really amazing. We've got Imbi the Girl, another pretty close friend of mine who is a very proud non-binary queer Jewish person um, that creates amazing R&B music um, and has toured Australia with lots of different artists in including No Name, Odette um, and many others. I'm pretty sure I haven't missed anyone, but I would hate to think that I may have. I think that's everyone. I think you've got everyone. It's a yeah. really, yeah, it's a really incredible lineup. It's really exciting, and um, I hope that people listening can tune in. It is happening at eight o'clock tomorrow night. It's free and it's happening over Zoom. Um, Neville, it's always uh, such a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thank you for having me. Uh, always, always a pleasure. Uh, if you did uh, miss what we were talking about, the Festival of Jewish Arts and Music are presenting Spun Stories tomorrow night. It is part of their series, Homeward Bound. It's free um, and it's online storytelling. Kicks off at 8 o'clock Australian Eastern Standard Time. If you do want some more information about the really incredible lineup of artists that are going to be a part of the event, you can head over to uh, www.fojam.com to find out just a little bit more. This is Beth AQ. Thanks for listening to the podcast of The Glass House, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R each Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via Twitter at Bethany AQ or the Triple R website, 